No collusion whatsoever, ladies and gentlemen. Let me make that clear. No collusion, maybe a little bit of obstruction, but no collusion on this podcast at all. We do not have any foreign actors. We have listeners in Russia, according to uh, data we are receiving, but we do not have anybody in Russia working on this show. We do it all ourselves. Let's be clear on that uh, in light of the Mueller report coming out here. No collusion on this show. The only obstruction would be the seasonal allergies and pollen, which is driving me insane. If you're like me, you know, maybe there's a, a, is there a song about that? Dust in the wind? That's probably as close as we get, right? Yeah. Anyway, uh, welcome to Rock of Nations with Dave Kinchin. Thanks so much for joining us, everybody. This is our, our 20th show. This is our 20th show act 20 of the podcast that's amazing that's awesome very very cool uh so there's a lot of rock and roll news uh, to get to on the midweek podcast a lot of news in general but we just do the rock and roll stuff so that's and, and i'll tell you with all the muller stuff going on and everything regardless of where you are on that you have a haven right here there is a haven on rock of nations with dave kinchin because we are talking about rock and roll which is about as far away uh, from muller from the dirt wait a minute do you, oh, you know what? Do you think the Dirt soundtrack would work for the Mueller report? <laughs> Can you imagine that if the Dirt soundtrack was played over newscasts uh, covering the Mueller thing? That that would be something. I, you think Mueller listens to Motley Crue? Ah, okay. Yeah, I know. My mind wanders. Anyway, welcome to the show, everybody. We've got some news. Hollywood Vampires, they've got a new record coming out. It's called Rise. Or maybe they say Rise. Or maybe it's Rise. Rise. You like that? Rise. I like that. Um, that's the album. They have a new song called, uh, what is it? Who's Laughing Now? Uh, big, fat, thick bass line on there. I really like that. I got to say, of course, uh, Johnny Depp, uh, Joe Perry of Aerosmith, and the legendary, well, they're all legends in their own right, uh, right? But we're talking about uh, Mr. Alice Cooper as well. Uh, d- according to Joe Perry, by the way, he said in an interview um, way back, I think he was telling Larry King this, he said that Johnny Depp is one of the most impressive guitar collections that he's ever seen. Think about that for a minute. Joe Perry of Aerosmith was, a ma- and you can imagine how many guitars, how many Pauls, and how many SGs, and how many, you know, he plays like reverse strats and all kinds of stuff you can imagine what he has uh in his uh in his studio right you can only imagine or in his facility well johnny depp apparently has one of the most uh, amazing guitar collections out there which is i don't know that's interesting i find that very interesting uh so some new stuff from hollywood vampires uh, they had a their first album a few years ago and they did they kind of came together after Steven Tyler was doing his thing, you know, his country record. Tom Hamilton, the bass player of Aerosmith, went over to Thin Lizzy, was playing bass in Thin Lizzy. Uh, uh, The rhythm guitarist, uh, sometimes lead guitarist, of course, uh, Brad Woodford was doing some bluesy stuff. So uh, that's kind of where that project came from. Oh, and some good news here. Glenn Tipton. This is from uh, the great people over at blabbermouth.net. Glenn, uh, and actually a podcast, uh, Rob Halford was talking to the uh, Do You Know Jack uh, podcast, and he said Glenn Tipton is working on new riffs for a new Judas Priest record, a follow up to last year's smashing. I kind of sound British there. Smashing good fun record, Firepower, which is still one of my favorite records of the last. 10 years and I'm not even kidding about that ladies and gentlemen 
Uh, so Glenn Tipton, you know, he was sidelined from their tour, the Firepower tour, uh, because of Parkinson's, something he's had for a long time, but just came out with very recently. Um, we all know the drama, the dust-up that kind of came up with KK, um, you know, KK talking about, uh, you know, he was upset that he didn't really, initially said that he was surprised that he wasn't invited to come back to Priest to replace Glenn, uh, or not, or to, to essentially take over uh, Richie's spot, who Richie took over for KK, while Kate, while Richie would then go and play Glenn's part. Uh, but anyway, um, you know, the whole thing there is, uh, you know, Glenn was making uh, sp- um, sort of uh, periodic, sporadic, Appearances where he would play shows and and you know play when he could. He would really do the last three songs, the encores, Breaking the Law, uh, Living After Midnight, and there was one more I can't remember. I actually saw them. I saw Priest twice. I saw them uh, in Camden with Deep Purple. Did not see Glenn there, uh, from what I recall, but I did see. Glenn. I, was, I went to a conference in Houston, uh, or actually a vacation with a friend in Houston, and was amazed to find. Judas Priest was playing that night. So I went to go see Judas Priest down in Sugarland outside of Houston. And of course, uh, Glenn Tipton comes out at the end and it was really, really cool, especially to see Priest in a different city. It was kind of cool. I, usually I see concerts in and around where I'm from, but it was or where I'm living at the time, but it was really cool to see that. Um, so, so, so Glenn Tipton is in the UK, according to Rob Halford. Uh, and this interview he told, um, do you know Jack? podcast or the show i'm not sure if it's a podcast some kind of show uh he's in the uk working on riffs and sorting through riffs as well so that's pretty cool um kind of an interesting uh, thing here jason bonham uh sent an apology or in a retraction uh essentially to jimmy page of course uh you know john bonham is his father uh and uh jason bonham had said on the howard stern show uh words to the effect of uh he was 16 years old, and he said that the guitarist Jimmy Page had introduced him to cocaine. Well, he put out a sharp retraction, says that the comments are unfounded and untrue, and it looks like a lawyer wrote this thing. I gotta say, it looks like a lawyer really wrote this and put this thing together. Um, he was talking to Howard Stern, and I guess misremembered something. He was. T- he comes into a room, and there's a woman there uh and some stuff going on and there's cocaine then turns out that's not the case according to uh this retraction that clearly a lawyer wrote so you can only imagine what would have happened there behind the scenes legally um with that dust up so that's some of your rock and roll news we're going to get into continuing our look at records that have had an awkward reaction to fans uh when you're talking about legendary catalogs we are looking at born again by Black Sabbath, the Devil Baby album cover, you know it. That's coming right up, my friends. We're coming at you from our downtown studios where there's always something going on, uh, especially on a Thursday night uh, uh, where our studios are. It always seems like we attract a lot of the college kids, uh, you know, and it it, it was a beautiful day. (laughs) Uh, So I'm sure they're hitting the bars and, uh, you know, um, if you're going out, enjoy, uh, have a good one, have one for me, um, but of course be responsible uh, because it's always a good thing to do. Um, so Black Sabbath, um, a band that uh, had a lot of different people in it after Ozzy, of course, and after Ronnie James Dio. The years after Dio are not as well known or maybe not as popular 
um, with the exception of Ian Gillen's time in Black Sabbath. One album, one tour. It was the Born Again album. Uh, I think this is one of the coolest moments in rock music where you had what essentially was a major band, one of the most pioneering bands even at that time for heavy metal, the the godfathers of heavy metal, without argument, I mean, clearly, right? Uh, And to have uh, someone who was still part of that birth of hard rock in that whole era, uh, Ian Gillen from Deep Purple, to have him in Black Sabbath, it was unusual. Uh, Ronnie James Dio and Vinny Appicine, we talked about this really uh, on the last podcast, I think. Uh, there, you know, there was a big dust up about mixing up the drums and, and the vocals in the studio, mixing it higher than, than um, you know, the guitars and bass, allegations from an engineer who uh, Tony Iommi said had a drinking problem at one point, and allegations that, that Ronnie and sometimes Vinny were coming into the studio to mix all that stuff up and, and overpower the guitars and, you know, people locking people out of the studio, and of course, that and other reasons being the reason that version of the band broke up. So, Ronnie Dio... Vinny Apice, they go and they form a band called Dio. And they needed a new singer in Sabbath. Bill Ward, meantime, was, uh, was uh, newly sober. He, uh, remember, he had to leave the, um, uh, the earlier tour that he did. He was on, of course, Heaven and Hell, um, and then left at that point. Um, he, Vinny Apice was on... Uh, Mob Rules, um, I have that record, and I, I'm, yes, he was on there. And uh, so, you know, Vinny had come in to replace Bill Ward, who was having trouble without Ozzy being in the band, was drinking. He, uh, even, uh, there was a report at one point that Bill Ward's parents had passed away, and there were some other things going on that, that really impacted him. So, uh, Bill Ward comes back by Born Again, and they, the band gets together and they decide Ian Gillen should be uh, their singer. There's, there's a report out there or a story out there. And again, I mean, this is stuff that a lot of this, you got to remember, you know, um, a lot of this stuff gets passed down through the years. Some of it's very widely known, you know, like um, the singer of Scandal uh, was offered a spot in Van Halen. You know, that's kind of widely known and has been talked about. Other things, you know. But um, there's discussion out there that uh, David Coverdale and Robert Plant were approached, or at least thought of, uh, as a possible replacement for Ronnie James Dio in Black Sabbath. What they were trying to do, uh, Tony Iommi has said in the past, is they were trying to put together a supergroup. So it wasn't supposed to be Black Sabbath, but the management made them use the name Sabbath. This is something I recall coming up even when Dio came in that uh, Iommi said they were just supposed to use the name Sabbath. But, you know, so there's several attempts throughout history where Tony Iommi and others have said that, uh, largely Tony, though, have said it's supposed to be something else other than Black Sabbath. And, of course, you know, Black Sabbath was the name used on many records uh, with all kinds of different people. Tony Martin down the line and uh, Ray Gillett. Well, um, Glenn Hughes, Ray Gillen, who filled in at one point. Um, so I, I thought that this was unique because Gillen had such a different voice. The screaming would work. I mean, he's probably the best screamer uh, next to uh, Rob Halford. 
I don't know if you'd say he's a better screamer or Halford, you know, but they're certainly up there. Um, this was also the last album with uh, Bill Ward. Bill Ward left again, and Geezer Butler had had it. After this tour, he said, I'm done, um, and all of that. Ian Gillen went back to Deep Purple. But before that, we have this, this wonderful album that they did called Born Again. And, uh, you know, th- this is a record that... Um, has such a different sound to it. And it turned out that there were issues with the recording of it. Um, the, the audio is, is kind of muddled, uh, kind of muddy in some spots, or uh, muffled is really the best way of saying it. There's parts that are very dull. It doesn't have a firm polishing. But Ian's voice, to me, is absolutely outstanding on it. Um, one of my my favorite track is Disturbing the Priest, which sounds dark and brooding and horrible. You know, if you say, oh, you like that song Disturbing the Priest. Well, you know, you, 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 there's, you know uh, I'm going to get across. I don't want to talk to you. And the song is about um, where they were working and recording. It was close to a church and they were literally um, getting noise complaints from the church. So they were literally disturbing the priest. <laughs> You see how you say this stuff and it doesn't sound as dark and drastic when you're talking about heavy metal? It's almost like a it's almost like a joke. It's almost, you know, a heavy metal song and here's the punchline, the story behind it. Um there was another case where uh Ian Gillen had crashed a car uh but survived. It was like a car or kind of a a cart of some kind. Um uh, and uh he survived it but he wrote the song Trashed uh, either about that, or it was inspired by that. Um, there's other tracks, Zero the Hero. Um, the, I think what's really uh, special about this record is, um, even though the sound isn't outstanding, you know, you still can appreciate what Tony's doing on guitar, what Geezer's doing on bass, but you get a feel for what Ian Gillen sounds like in a true heavy metal band. With a, with a heavy metal guitarist. I mean, Richie Blackmore, outstanding player, of course. You know, you had Ian Gillen with with Richie doing kind of um, hard rock, but also kind of uh, bluesy-inspired licks, a little bit even folksy kind of inspired, you know. But at least in my opinion, of course, he went on to do some folksy music with the Blackmore's Night Project with his wife, Candace Knight. Uh, but then you had... Um, the the wonderful late great John Lord, who turned that organ into almost like a powerful rhythm guitar in some ways, you know. And it was definitely a, a psychedelic slash hard rock sound, no doubt about it. But it wasn't very metal. I mean, you can go back and say, yeah, Deep Purple helped lay a groundwork for heavy metal, no doubt about it. But Gillen. You know, as a as a metal vocalist, I mean, it, it was it's kind of like okay, well, I can hear Rob Halford, you know, over two hard charging guitars. Now I've got one hard charging guitar, and I can hear Ian Gillen. And you know, if I listen to Halford, that's kind of like what Gillen would have sounded like before Born Again came out. Um, now, hmm, uh, we actually do have, uh, you know, what Gillen would sound like in a heavy, true heavy metal band because we have the the, the Born Again record. Uh, you know, the lyrics are kind of a, a point of contention for some fans because, you know, Ian Gillen had a unique style, still has this unique style. He writes about kind of, he has a clever way of wording things 
it seems like some of his lyrics are kind of inside jokes. You know, he writes about sex and things like that in ways that are different, kind of tongue-in-cheek. But at the same time, there's there's a, the way he builds it, it's different. Um, Sabbath, you know, give me one Sabbath song about sex, you know. Well, I'm sure there's one out there, but... Um, you know, it was the wizards and the, you know, dragons and sort of stuff like that, especially when Dio was in the band. Uh, the great rock and roll wizard himself, who's now a hologram these days. That's a show that I think I will see. Um, seeing D Dio live with Black Sabbath uh, on the last tour, well, the second to last tour they did, uh, it was amazing to see him. I, I, I'm a little, I, I don't, I, 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 kind of wondered about Tim Ripper Owens from Priest was talking about you know he, he said something in the press about how he thought it was weird people would um, you know they would go to see a biopic like Bohemian Rhapsody about a dead guy about the great Freddie Mercury uh, but then how some people had a hard time with a hologram I don't know it's a little different um, I don't know if I have a position on that what he said it's an, a unique point um I, I I don't know. I I think uh, it's listen. I love the music. I want to see. You know, I'm going to see it. So I'll report back once that happens. Uh, I think that's in the spring when they come up to Glenside outside of Philadelphia. Um, but all in all, uh, 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 you know, of course, I get off track a little bit here. Um, Born again. Uh, so we were talking. Okay, yeah, we were. You have the great example of what heavy metal is in the album Born Again uh, with, with uh, um, Ian Gillen. The funny part of it is the stage show, and this is the story that's infamous, um, they wanted, somebody came up with the idea for a Stonehenge idea. Uh, there's even a Stonehenge uh, track on there, if I recall. And what's interesting is they had, somebody got the measurements wrong, Tony Iommi had said. And so they couldn't move these big blocks. They could barely fit them into the the shows where they were playing. You know, they couldn't fit them in because, they, you know, you have the monitors on one side. You got all this other equipment. And somebody got the measurements wrong, which is the opposite of what happened in Spinal Tap. <laughs> You've got to, even if you don't like rock and roll, even if you're not a rock and roller, you've got to see Spinal Tap. It's hilarious. And so when the band's performing in that little, <laughs> the little, you know, the little uh, thing comes down. Uh, I'm going to tweet that out just because it's funny. Uh, you know, the, the little Stonehenge thing comes down because they get the measurements wrong. But <laughs> the other way where they made it too small. It's just, it's, it's, it's rock and roll comedy gold, folks. Uh, anyway, so I think Born Again is an album that has a legacy that, that is, um, it's, it's not appreciated by some, but it's worth a listen because it's different. It's its own thing. It's its own idea. I don't think it would have worked out for several other albums down the road, but Ian Gillen said it was a great tour and a great, he said the songs on the album were really good. I, I agree with that part, at, not about the tour. I was one year old when the when they toured, but I definitely agree. I definitely agree that they have some great um, uh, that they have some great material on it that holds its own. I like it, uh, and you know it's a shame that they never really. I mean, they they would never really play those songs. Dio did some of the Ozzy stuff. 
you know, uh, some of the other guys have done some of, the, of course, the Aussie stuff and the Dio stuff when they would sing in the band, you know. Uh, in the late 80s, when Ray Gillen was in the band, there's video of them doing Die Young, you know, which is a Dio song. But um, those songs never really get a lot of play in any lineup, I don't think. Although I think one song was covered by, um, I want to say Cannibal Corpse. They did a cover of one of the songs on there. So it's an album worth listening to, and I think it's something that if you like Ian Gillen and if you wanted to see, if you wanted an experiment, you're going to appreciate the record. Um, but it's definitely one that, that's drawn the ire of some fans. So had to get it on our kind of continued series series of those, uh, you know, red-headed stepchildren albums or those albums that are just sort of awkward in some cases, according to a good many fans. But, of course, not all. I'll say this about the Mueller report. You could probably write a great concept progressive rock album out there. Uh, progressive not in terms of politics, but in terms of musical direction. You could definitely write uh, a, 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 an interesting concept album about that kind of thing, you know. Um, I don't know. I, I think if uh, there's some ideas that come to mind, uh, you know, some great concept records in the metal world, specifically the progressive metal world, I think that, you know, one could, could definitely do that, you know, you can get the, it's just something guitars would work for, and heavy drumming to build suspense, and all kinds of things, keyboards, and all of that, so that would be interesting, um, now watch somebody go out and do that, <laughs> I'm sure they probably have it, if they were going to do it, they probably have it written already, um, listen, it's Rock of Nations with Dave Kinchin, thanks so much for being with us, uh, it's um, we're charging ahead with this podcast and we love it. Uh, we're getting great feedback from folks in the UK and Ukraine and, and uh, a bigger audience in Japan. And, and uh, we love you for loving rock and roll and, and uh, just being a part of it, defending the faith being. Oh, by the way, um, I, I should say, you know, I, t I uh, texted uh, KK Downing. I, I when, when I did an interview with him way back when uh, when his book came out. Um, I, you know, I still keep his number. Just, you know, text about just different news-related things. Uh, you know, and, you know, with the tragic fire at Notre Dame uh, Cathedral, you know, I, somebody online, somehow it came up on my social media, the song Cathedral Spires, uh, which was kind of an eerie song. And I, I texted KK. I said, hey, you know, this is, um, this this song has been popping up it's it's kind of weird kind of eerie you know um obviously a very sad situation you know he said he said it was eerie indeed um you know he he pointed out the fact that there were lots of euros raised uh to help deal with this this fire um so they've they've got millions of euros over there millions of dollars coming in from the states so that's good too but he he told me to keep rocking the track uh, you know, that's not the reason I was listening to it, but I gotta tell you, it's one of those songs I really like. Uh, just musically, it's something very, very powerful uh, indeed. So I, I thought that was an interesting... I just thought I'd share that little chat there from uh, someone who's been so inspirational to metal music and uh, a good guy as well. It's Rock of Nations, ladies and gentlemen. Rock of Nations with Dave Kinchin. Thanks so much for joining us. We will talk with you soon, as always. Mm -hmm.